Praise the Lord, this is Brother Julius Adiwumi, and I pray that the Lord will give us insight in the, what we are going to go through. I'm going through the book of Gospel of John, in the teaching, and I'm right now at Gospel of John chapter 9, and what I normally do is to read slowly and then stop at some, post at some Bible verses and give some exposition or some more understanding of the what the scripture is saying to us or what was being reported by Apostle John for us. Gospel of John chapter 9 beginning from verse 1 Here we go Lord help us to understand more And as Jesus passed by He saw a man which was born which was blind from his birth and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, why did they ask this question? Let me first talk I'll talk about being born blind. What does that mean that he was born blind? Anybody could see the man that he was born blind, not that his eyes was blind because it had some color. That means there was no place for eyeballs. In that place, no hole for eyeballs, just blank deformity when he was born. So that's why he was born blind. Deformity from birth. No, no socket for eyeballs at all. It's what we believe they were seeing. Just a blank here and blank there. So everybody could see that he was born like that. Not an accident, not that the eye had problem and couldn't see. Not that he has an injury because I have people, I've seen people that. They lost eyeballs because of an accident and the doctor had to pull the eyeball out and then put some artificial but this man was born blind means he could see everybody could see that there was no eye socket there no no place for eye it was just like if the skin continued like the so that was what they meant that and then of course in their generation they had all these geological ideas that anybody that was born with that kind of deformity Either he was experienced for sinners, God was punishing them, what they always think it was happening, or they thought this man was made like that by God, perhaps they thought he would have been a worse sinner. That's why God made him so that he's better to be reduced. But that was why they were asking, him, who, who do you sin? Because they were being taught by all these Pharisees and the theologians of the generation putting blame on everybody, on other parents of the man. Say, who, could, who, who did sin? This man or his parents? That he was born blind. Now Jesus answered them and said, verse 30, Neither has this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. That the work of God should be made manifest in him. People have explained that in several ways. Because you are looking at what the Lord Jesus Christ said, I must walk the works of him that sent me while it is his day. 
while the, while it is day. The night coming when no man can walk. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, the answer that the Lord gave to them, the first answer I said, Neither has this man sinned nor experienced, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. This is what I, what I have explained to many people because people, some people thought where it was that was placed there so that Jesus Christ can heal you when Jesus Christ come. No, I don't think that's why. Because there are multitudes of people in the, in the world that who have this similar situation or, or that were born with some deformity and they will never run into the Messiah. So not that that man was placed there by God for the Messiah to heal him. That's how some people interpreted that as say for the work of God to manifest in him that when Jesus Christ healed him then the work of God is manifested in him. No, that's not what I believe he was saying. What I believe the Lord was saying is this. Look at the world. Everybody coming to the world, everything is complete. It's like a manufacturing. Fingers there, when you see a baby, I remember when my baby born, baby was my first baby was born and they brought the baby out. Every part was there, complete. Tiny tail fingernails, everything was complete. We we take these things for granted, brethren. We take this thing for granted that God make everything perfect. Perfect. Look at the plants. Look at the plants. All the oranges come round and circular and the seed is there and it's everything is almost like when you go to and now that we are in the industrial age, you can see manufacturing plants and we set things right because I'm an engineer. So we program everything right and then once we set it, we program it and we make the measurement to be right and the manufacturing is set properly. We just roll it out and the manufacturing just everything just be coming out. If it's a cut six inches, everything is six inches. Precision. 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 Everything comes out complete. That is all what we have also discovered in manufacturing also. That everything, once it's placed right, once it's set right, there will be a precision. Occasionally, I say occasionally, there will be a mis mistake. Either something fall apart or something, and then maybe out of the one million that we are producing in bulk, one or two are faulty. And then we have people online that are picking up the one that didn't cut right. And we don't want to have too many of them also. We just pick up those that are having mishap and we take them out. That is what is I believe the Lord is saying. We are taking the work of God for granted. Every baby is born complete. The eye balances are there and everything is going like that. But the book cannot we see one that looks like deformity. That is showing to us to not take this thing for granted. That the work of God that is perfect is being manifested when this one is not complete. We should know that, oh, this is a, a mishap somewhere. Could be a mishap somewhere, but it makes us to see the beauty of what God has done. That millions are coming to the world perfect. Millions come and there one or two or three that has a deformity. It's the work of God is being manifested that don't take these things that we are seeing in the world just as for granted. Make us to appreciate God more, to thank God for more. You have two ears, you have two nurseries, you, everything was complete when you were born. And you just take until you have a problem. When a brother was hospitalized, and then the, he couldn't swallow something we take for granted, swallowing whole food, we take it for granted. But when this brother couldn't swallow, and they have to go through therapy to make him to make to swallow water, that shows that the work of God that make all of us to be swallowing, and then we don't even think about it. We just swallow our breathing, hmm, everything just come completely and consistently. We should not take it for granted, brethren. 
I remember another testimony of a man that when this COVID started and he was hospitalized and they have to be buying what you call oxygen for him and they've sent him a bill for the oxygen he has used. The man started crying. He said, why are you crying? He said, look at the bill they've sent to him for just oxygen that was put in to keep him alive during the COVID uh, trouble. He said, this oxygen, he got it for free from God in the air. And we take it for granted. Now, if you have to get the tank, oxygen tank, and be living on that oxygen tank that the medical world has provided, you see how much it costs. Say, so let's take this one that we are getting free in the air for granted. Don't take the work of God for, for granted, brethren. That is what Christ meant. The work of God being manifested in this man, not because the man sinned, but when you see an occasional deformity, you make us to appreciate those millions that are not deformed, that come consistently. That is really what I believe the Lord was talking about, that the work of God may be made manifest in this man. Now, he said, I must walk the works of him that sent me while it is day, the night coming when no man can walk. As, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So the Lord now was going to complete that or correct that, which was it's just like in manufacturing. If you have a manufacturing and there's one of them that is defective out of the millions that have been rolled out of the manufacturing line, you can take that defective one back to the factory, not so back to the workshop, and the technicians can fix it. They can fix it. If something that needs to be fixed, they can fix it. Don't just throw it away. They can just fix it. And that is because they understand the, the, the engineering. That's why they can fix it. The Lord Jesus came and said, I understand the engineering. He came and said, I will fix this one. That's what Jesus Christ did. He fixed that man. That was just one of the mishaps in the production line. That's exactly what I believe that this is. And then, verse 6. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Now, some people, some people have said that must be the secret. Use, use your spittle to make clay. No, it is just as the spirit leaves. He did what the, the spirit manifests to him to do. And verse 7 and said unto the man, Go watch in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. At least send you to go wash. He went his way therefore and washed and came seen. Verse 8. The neighbors therefore and they which before had seen him that he was blind said, Isn't this he? It's not this he that sat and begged. That's verse 8. Some said, this is he. Others said, it's like him. But he said, I am he. Because he could see that way. He was still the same man, except that now this one has eyeballs. He said, well, are you not, are you not the one that usually sit down here and bake without eyes? Some said, oh no, he looked like him. Almost like his twins, you know. Yeah. Say, it's just like him. Some said, it's him. And then he said, I am he. He told them that he's the one. Therefore said they unto him, how were thy eyes opened? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. Now this, this blind man did not see Jesus. He was just sitting down. He couldn't see anything. He was always there begging for money. And he heard people passing by some who dropped some coins. 
But he had these people talking about him. That's what we call his attention. When they were talking about this blind man, and they stood in front of him and said, Master, who sinned? This man or son? So he wanted to, he also wanted to know, you know. He liked to know. So he must have heard them call this Rabbi Jesus. Or maybe some people say, That's Jesus coming, that's Jesus coming, that's Rabbi Jesus, that's, that's Jesus coming. And he's and then they came in front of him and he heard them talking about him. And then he, he didn't see what this guy was doing, you have to remember that. But you see, Jesus Christ spat on the floor, he didn't actually see that. But the Lord would have told the apostles to hold him firm. So when they grab hold of him and keep his face steady, and then the Lord used that clay to rub his eyes. So oh, that's all you could remember. You could see that he put some clay upon my eyes and anoint my eyes with clay and said, go wash. And he went and washed. But he didn't know the, he didn't see the man. Verse 12. Then said they unto him, where is he? He said, I don't, I know not. Verse 13. They brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Well, the Pharisees are always concerned about the Sabbath day. That's their own worry. Why are you doing this on Sabbath day? Why are you working on Sabbath day? He, you are like a doctor. No, he was doing the work of the Lord. They, they have problem with working on the Sabbath day. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Verse 15. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, he put clay upon my eyes, and I washed and do see. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. So they are worried more about the Sabbath day than the miracle. Somebody that has been blind for 40 years. He said the man is about 40 years old. And instead of rejoicing over that, they were more concerned about this man is doing it on the Sabbath day. Others said, how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? Because if you think he's not he's breaking the Sabbath day, that means he was a sinner. But say he's doing these miracles which only God can do. So that's why they were, were confused. Some people wanted to support it, support him. Some are afraid to, to, to offend their friends and say he's not of God. So this, how can a man that is a sinner do all these kind of miracles? So there was a division among them. Verse 17. They say unto the blind man again, What says thou of him that he has opened thy eyes? He said, He's a prophet. Why? The blind man knew that only prophets can do things like that. Not so. Because he, he must have heard, because they, have, they are teaching them, he must have heard from his parents and from the stories they were telling them, even though he was blind, he could hear. When he was going, he could hear that they are telling stories of Elisha the prophet, how he told somebody to go and wash in the river Jordan, and the man received his healing from. So those are stories they have heard that look like legendary stories. And these prophets can do something. So when this rabbi did that to him and he was able to see, he could always say, he must be a prophet. No, so they ask him, what do you think about him? He well, he's a prophet. I mean, a mouthpiece of God is what a prophet is, a mouthpiece of God. Somebody got said. Verse 18, said, but the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind. Because they saw that this one was blind before. No, they didn't believe. <laughs> because it was made so perfectly as if it was, it was just the way everything was before and they, I don't think so blind before and he had been blind they didn't believe that he was blind 
Say, but the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. We are not sure he's the same person. Let's call his parents. So they called his parents and asked them, they asked them, saying, verse 19, Is this your son whom you say was born blind? How then does he now see? This kind of question they ask. Is this your son whom you say was born blind? They didn't say, is this your son who we know was born blind? They say, um, you are even saying he was born blind. How then does he now see? Almost as if they are deceiving people before. Not so. But see, that's how human beings, somebody they knew had been in front of that temple for years. They won't say they didn't know this man was born blind. And now they are now saying, you say he was born blind. How then does he now see? Almost like say we want to have isolate ourselves from this situation. That was how sometimes one means we try to isolate themselves as if they, I remember sometime when I was in a place and looked like the and I actually always go to this bank in Phoenix, Arizona. The bank was close to my place of work. If I need to do anything during lunchtime, I need to go to the bank, withdraw money or something. That's the bank branch I always go to. And I thought these cashiers have known me once or while I've been coming there at least for the past two, three years. I've been there at least three times in a year or four times more than that. So that some of these cashiers should have recognized me that, oh, how are you? No, but the day that somebody that looked like a black person like me also, a black person, not like me, doesn't look like me, but it's a black person, went and maybe he went and attacked that bank or trying to rob the bank and they called the police on the man and the police came and got the man because he's a white neighborhood and this black man did that and I was coincidentally just it came to be my lunch time so I also drove by to actually branch to the branch and do so I saw the police in front so I said well, yeah, what's going on let me just let me just no waste my time because it's lunchtime I'm about to go back to the office. But the police were just coming out of the bank branch and they would say everybody can go inside and because people were standing outside not knowing why the police car was there flashing light. So I also was about to just just back off and leave. When the police came out and said everybody can go inside right now so I went I went back inside. I went back and parked my car and I was going inside and I was the only black among the people that are coming out of their cars going inside. But they brought somebody out in, in, in chains or in, in handcuff. He was a black young man. So because he was a black young man, and you see his white neighborhood, and I just because I came around the same time. <laughs> so the police now wanted to check me out and say, it's another black person. Let's find out who is who is he. Maybe they are a gang. Maybe I know. I, didn't, I never knew this man before in my life, this person that he brought out. And, and so that but when I went into the cashier's front and I was trying to do my transfer that's when the police came to me and said can we get your ID I felt so violated when I give them my ID they ran it through their computer but I was so disappointed and the people that were cashiers they behave as if they never even know me that was what I was talking about they just behave as if they never even know the police was questioning me as if I must know this fellow. I don't know anything about this man. I'm just constantly coming at the same time that you you, are, you you pick up a black person that was trying to rob the this branch that I use, I normally use. And then they run my information. I came back and said they are sorry. Uh, I was so upset. I said, you run my information because I'm black, not so. Oh, yeah, it's not because you are black. This guy thought. 
no, 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 don't be lying. Because I'm black. I'm the only black person among people that are coming inside. And you, the, man, the man you took out was a black person. So it's, the, it's called racial profile. When you have not done anything wrong, they now want to shake you out. That's how many people run into problems. Because let's say I have had a case with them before, they will be saying, let's take him and also in. Because maybe they actually know one another. See, uh, I was, I have no case with the, with the police before. So they just they apologize. But see, that is how people get into something. But what I was trying to point out was that these cashiers that I knew, I have come there regularly do my transaction. They just behave as if they didn't even know me when I was talking to the police. After I was told, I would say, well, yeah, I know, I know this guy is, uh, he's a customer. No, they behave as if they don't, they don't that they ask them, but they, the way they behave towards me as if uh, maybe I was part of the black person that came to, to, to rob them. So that is what I mean, that they try to isolate themselves from me completely. And that was what these Pharisees were doing. They knew this man was already always there in front of the temple, begging money, they knew he was blind. Now he was healed. Now they try to isolate themselves from this situation. They were called the spirit. Is this your son whom you say? Whom you say? <laughs> whom you say? I mean, they have said, is this your son whom we know to be blind? How did you not say? No, they say, is this your son whom you say <laughs> was born blind? <laughs> so they will quickly isolate themselves from you if you if you are if you are in trouble or you they, they think you are in trouble. That's what they are trying to do here. And the Pharisee said, Is this your son whom you say was born blind? How then does he now see? That was verse 19. Is this your son who ye say was born blind? How then does he now see? Verse 20. His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now said, we know not. Or who has opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age. Ask him, he shall speak for himself. And the Bible said, verse 22, This word speak his parents because they fear the Jews. For the Jews are already agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, that if they say Jesus, if they believe that Jesus Christ is Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. So they don't want them to, they don't want to be in trouble with the Pharisees. So they try to say, well, we don't know, but ask him, he's not a little boy. He's 40 years old. He can speak for himself. Who made him, how did he get his eyes? We don't know who did it. But he can speak for himself. That's what his parents said. Say they are afraid of the Pharisees because they don't want to be kicked out of the synagogue. It's like being separated from the society. So therefore he said his spirit, he is of age, ask him. Verse 24. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. Now they have wanted to praise God. But now they say, We know that this man is a sinner. <laughs> Let God be praised, but the man that gives you the miracle is a sinner. And the blind man was going to teach them, listen. This is what the man, the blind man said. He has said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Then said they to him again, What did he to you? What did he to thee? How open is thy eyes? They wanted to know the steps he took. Maybe they wanted to learn or something, or they just trying to figure out what, what did he really do to you? 
and the man is getting off, off, frustrated with them. All these elderly people, and he's not a little boy that is 40 years old. Why do you see me like as if I'm a little two-year-old kicking me around? So he said, yes, I have told you already. And you did not hear. Wherefore will you hear it again? So will you also be his disciples? Verse 26, then they rely, revile you and say, Thou art his disciple. But we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spake unto Moses. As for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. So that's, that's funny. We know Moses. God spoke to Moses. But this man is doing all these miracles and all that. We don't know where he comes from. And this blind man was going to teach them. Let's say, the man, the man answered and said unto them, <laughs> Why? Here it is a marvelous thing that you know not from whence he is, and yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners. But if any man be a worshipper of God and doeth his will, he, he may hear it. Since the world began, was it not hard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. So this blind man was teaching this so-called Pharisees who think they have known all the laws of Moses and they are not, they are not more using common sense anymore. So he said, if this man were not of God, he could do nothing. How can you say he's a sinner? He said, God doesn't listen to sinners. No man can do this except God. If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. Now they were offended now that he was teaching them. The verse 34. They answered and said unto him, Thou was altogether born in sins. You see, that's what they have been teaching the people. That's anyone that was born with that kind of deformity, his parents would have been sinners. That's why he was born to, like that to punish the parents. Or the man, that's what they have been teaching the, the, the society. That's why the disciples were asking Jesus, Is this the parents' sin or the man himself is a sinner? Neither of them. Neither of them. So these Pharisees now are re reiterating what they have been teaching all along, telling the world that the, anyone that is born without deformity must have been a sinner himself, that God didn't want him to live, or his parents were sinners, God was following his parents. That's all their false, false accusations and false doctrine. God they did not know. They have said they don't know, but they will try to make up stories. So then they, when they were offended with this man that was born blind, they said, Thou art altogether born in sins, and does thou teach us? So they cast him out. And I said, You are not the one that is going to teach us. We, we know better than you. Right? Because they were not blind, and he was born blind, so they thought that means that they are approved of God, and he was not. But now he is healed. Start to tell them, God is the one that did this. No, they are not going to listen to that. Verse 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said unto him, Does thou believe on the Son of God? Now, let's stop and talk about this. The Lord Jesus Christ was still in town, because this was, it looked like it was the Jerusalem temple also. Because we said they were coming out of temple also, let's see. He said, I just said Jesus passed by. So it could not, maybe it was not Jerusalem, but it was some place we are not too far away. He passed by and saw this man. But we, many people believe this was in somewhere in, in, the, in Judea. So anyway, Jesus Christ was still in the, in the, in the neighborhood. He heard that oh, they told the man about to come to the synagogue anymore. The man that was born blind, that has been healed. 
So Jesus Christ is almost like a disciple that was forsaken by his parents. When somebody was giving their life to Christ and his parents said, get out of this house, don't ever be yellow man. That was how it was to that man when they said, you are not to come to the synagogue anymore. So then the Lord Jesus Christ went to look for him. And that is a lesson for we that are preaching the gospel. That, is, that the job is not finished yet until we help the man that has been converted to stand on his feet. Because persecution like that could occur. It reminded me of things that are occurring in the Muslim world. A young man that is a Muslim, the prince of a Muslim, he had the gospel and gave his life to Christ. You know that could cause trouble in the family. The prince kicked the man out or kicked the gay out or no one thing to And most of the time they just look for a pastor that will take them in. And that is true. It is necessary for the church to support somebody that is being persecuted like that and for the believers to Stand together, stand together to bring the man. That's what Jesus Christ showed to us in Samuel. He said he went to look for him, for the man that was born blind, that they have kicked out of the church or out of their synagogue. Some are forsaken. Of course, not the spirits. This is just the society, the church leaders. These are church leaders. Well, the leaders of the synagogue. So Jesus Christ went to look for him. That's why the Bible says that Jesus heard that they had cast him out and when. He had found him. He's been looking for the man. Where does he live? Went to look for him. Of course, he's not going to be in the street anymore begging. Also. So he has to go look for him wherever he could find him. So he said, where is that man? He said, where? So he went to look for this place. So where? He went this way. So he went and looked for the Lord. This guy went out of his way to go look for that man that was born blind that he has seen, that had been cast out of the synagogue, just to bring him in so as a disciple now. Not that he's going to follow them around, but to, if he knows the Lord Jesus Christ, then he will know that he has to follow the disciples when the church starts. So that's why the Lord went to look for him. And then he said unto him, Does thou believe on the Son of God? And this man has never known who Jesus Christ was, never saw him when he was healed. He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talked with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I am coming to this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto them, If you are blind, you should have no sin. But now ye say we see, therefore your sin remains. If you see all these miracles, only something only God can do, and Jesus Christ did it. And you still don't believe this is God manifesting the flesh, that you must be blind. That's what he meant. He said, if you are normally blind, you don't see all these things, then you have no sin. But because you say you can see this thing and you still don't believe, then you are your sin remains. That's what I was telling you. The sin remains. And that's a warning to many people that we see miracles and signs they still continue in their ungodliness or idol worshipping, then they, 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 they are being convicted. He said, the Bible said about uh, Noah, that convict, he said, Noah convicted the whole world by being righteous. If God can find one person and is saved, and that preached to everybody and the rest didn't believe, that person that was saved convicted the whole world and the people don't believe us. And that is the same thing I was telling some story of a, when a mighty miracle happened in a country or a city, a mighty miracle that only God can do. And it was in the news. 
like somebody that was uh, raised from the dead, uh, three days in the mortuary, and it was took, his, his corpse was taken to a crusade ground. It was in Nigeria, and this man was raised back to life. That is a a verdict against the whole nation of people that had it, the rulers, the presidents that claim to be following Islam, and they are still following, are still following their false religion. When something like that happened and they did not believe it, or they heard about it and still continue their false idol worshipping, because Islam is idol worshipping as far as God is concerned, or false religion, and they are still doing their corruption, embezzling money. Then they are convicted. They, they, they are, that's what Christ said. They are sinned remained. If they see these signs and wonders and they did not repent, Jesus Christ said the same thing about the cities where he did some mighty miracles. When he was, when he was preaching, he said, Woe unto thee, Chorazin. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. If the mighty works that are done in thee were done in Sodom and Gomorrah, see, that city of Sodom and Gomorrah will have been remaining until now. They better shall be worse for that city's Chorazin and Bethsaida where he did signs and wonders than what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. So what God was saying is the same thing. If any mighty miracle happened in your cities, in your country, raising the dead three days in the mortuary, or anything like that, and they know that it's the name of Jesus that did it, and yet they didn't run and follow this Jesus, they say, well, their Islam is still okay, and they will still be doing the idol worship, they never repent. And yes, because they did not repent, they are they are they are worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. And God is going to judge them just like He judged Sodom and Gomorrah. So that's one of the reasons why we have to ask for mercy and forgiveness for all the places where mighty signs and wonders have been done, and yet these people continue their sin of corruption or their sin of false religion, religion and not throwing every false religion down and following Christ Jesus. So that's the one. And I will continue this. In chapter 10 and in the next broadcast. God bless you.